0: People associate PT with an injury. I mean, there's PT for performance just Mm -hmm. to kind of keep your body always performing at its best for either your sport or whatever you do.
1: Welcome to The Other Three Years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to episode 23 of The Other Three Years. This week is a super exciting week because. I interview Deirdre and Alicia, who are physical therapist and massage therapist for the US rowing team. So I interviewed them during the world championships. I literally think we were watching people racing on the TV in the PT room. But Alicia Lam is a massage therapist that's worked with both winter and summer Olympians and has served in the last three summer Olympic games. She now lives in Portland, Oregon, and owns Phoenix Body Works, and Deirdre McLaughlin is a physical therapist based in Berkeley, California, where she owns her own practice called Resolute Rehab, and Deirdre also works with Cal Berkeley, and having rowed herself at BU, she's worked with many rowers over the years, including working with the U.S. Olympic teams in 2016 and 2020, and both of them are still working with many athletes, including, of course, the U.S. rowing senior team. They were both at the World Championships, and if it was my choice, they both be at the Olympics next summer. It was a super fun conversation with Deirdre and Alicia, and they're so important to the whole U.S. rowing team. They keep us together physically, but also mentally and emotionally and spiritually, it sounds funny, but it's true. And we talked about how they got into their practices, why it's important for them to work with athletes and what motivates them, what their favorite parts of their jobs are, maybe what their least favorite parts of their jobs are. And I'm so grateful to Deirdre and Alicia for being on the podcast, but... Also for taking such great care of me and all my teammates, they're really critically important in helping us reach our top potential, and we couldn't have had the success we had at Worlds without them. I hope that everyone enjoys the conversation as much as I did, and I think there's so much everyone can get from it if you're an athlete or not. But before we get into that, here is an update on what's currently going on in my training, which feels a little weird to say because I'm actually not really training right now. We do get a little bit of time off after the world champs. Last week, I was just traipsing all around, hanging out. I was in Paris for a couple of days, which is where I recorded the last episode. It feels crazy that a week ago I was in Paris, but I flew back um, to New York and came to Saratoga. And then I went uh, home to my parents' house in Boston for the weekend because my mom um, hosted a wedding shower for my brother's fiance Jenny so I got to go to that. Before that, I went to our scrimmage that we had at Saratoga rowing on Saturday morning. Got to see a ton of people there, so really have seen so many people. I went to the Patriots game last night which was fun, but they did lose, so you know, that was a little less fun, but it was still it was still a good time and now I'm back in Saratoga podcasting in the Bright Sided studio. So it's really, it's really exciting. I have not rode (laughs) since race, since our final at the world champs, and it feels really good not to have rode for a week and a day, but I probably start getting back into it a little bit this week and then probably ramping things up a little bit more next week, but not going to any official practice right now because it's really important to take time off. I think almost mentally more than physically. Physically, it's important, obviously, but mentally just having a break from the really rigid and intense routines that we have and the competition aspect of it. And then when we get back into it in the fall, it's a lot more just base training and a lot less like really intense racing, really intense competition because, this is going to be a short year before we get back into it. So it's really important to like take that time and let things come down, build your base back up. I'm not really looking forward, feeling out of shape, but <laughs> I think it's the price you pay, but it's worth it to take the time off. So that's it. Really not that much going on in training because of the time off, but it's it's been a really fun week. It's been nice to see my family and friends and get to relax a little bit. So now... It's time for the main event. So here are Deirdre and Alicia, and I hope that everyone enjoys listening to them and hearing all of the amazing things that they have to say. So I thought we could just start by you guys introducing yourselves and then explaining both what you do here, but also what your kind of full-time
2: quote-unquote job is. I'm Deirdre. McLaughlin. I'm a PT on this rowing trip. I'm Alicia's sidekick on this rowing trip. I'm really just here for that to keep her super best. I try to help people who are injured. I try to keep you under control and safe sport. At home I do PT. I have an office. I used to work at Cal full time. Now I have an office, private practice and I'm running around a couple days there. I do one day at one or two days at California Rowing Club. I do two days at Cal during the year with the men's and women's rowing teams, as well as any other athletes. And then in the summer, I travel with you guys to support the team. I rowed in college. I rowed at BU. And then my fifth year at at BU is my last year PT school, had no more eligibility left. And I helped out with the team, novice assistant coach. So gradually made my way into doing PT. Part of it's because I got injured my sophomore year. Could not ruin the head of the Charles because I was injured. I hurt my back and nobody knew how to fix me. None of the athletic trainers, sorry, BU, athletic trainers, nobody knew how to fix me. Um, So I was injured and I remember standing on the Mass Ave Bridge at sunset, looking down at the race course, looking down at BU and just sort of saying to myself that I wasn't going to let that happen to anybody. like. If anybody was going to be in that position, I wanted to make sure that I could help them. And it sort of happened. So then I didn't like have a plan necessarily, but it was just like little thought in my head that like this totally sucked. All I wanted to do was race and nobody knew how to fix me. And like, damn it, I didn't want that to happen to anybody else. And then my career sort of took its path. And here I I am. And I didn't know I'd end up working with you.
0: That's a good (laughs) cue
2: back to Alicia.
0: So I'm Alicia Lamb. I'm a massage therapist, and I became one because I was actually a hairstylist, and I previously worked in television and film in New York City, and then I moved to Lake Placid, which is basically the middle of nowhere. So I had to do something, so I opened my own day spa, and I had massage therapists working with me, and I thought, that's really cool, I want to do that. So it took me three years of college. To get a degree in massage therapy and I volunteered at a triathlon event at Ironman triathlon. It was one of the first ones in Lake Placid. Now it's a really popular, uh, Ironman destination because it's super hilly, but, and I worked on people that came off of the line could barely walk. They could barely walk, but nine and a half hours minimum finish that race. And I flushed them for 15 minutes to the detriment of my hands because they're disgusting when they come off the water or out of the race. They're just like sweaty and crystallized, all kinds of gnarly things. And they became normal in 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. This is fantastic. So that's how I got into sports, massage. But let's see where were we? Oh, rowing. rowing! Right. So I was working at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista since 2009, and I would get to see the rowers who came there to train in the winter time um, for a few months. And it dawned on me after working on so many different Olympic bodies that rowers are insane. Like they tra- train so much harder actual training time than any other, uh, maybe it's just the Olympic athletes that are at that training center. I mean, track and field and BMX cycling and archery. And anyway, um, that in 2014, I approached the coach at the time and I was so nervous because he kind of uh, it was Tom Terhar, and he was kind of, you know, that guy. Like, everybody was just a little nervous around Tom, and I was nervous, and I didn't really know him. And I just walked up to him in the dining room, and I said, Hey, you know, I don't know if you know this, but like rowers are insane. They need help. <laughs> they need work. <laughs> Other than just the, you know, few minutes that I'm able to work on each person when they're here at, at a training camp. Like, you should take me. And he said okay. I was literally (laughs) shaking. I was so nervous. And he said, okay. And then I went to Amsterdam for the first Worlds in 2014. That was my first trip. And I've been ever since. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been great.
1: Yeah. You guys are both amazing.
0: I actually have a bit of a fear of like
1: PT, MT work.
0: We obviously do physical treatment on the table, but Deirdre and I talk about this all the time. Since she supervises me, she's helping me. We we know that part of our job has a lot to do with your mental state, how you feel about p t how you're feeling about your race, how you're feeling about your what body. your body yeah. is doing' do you trust your body and often what your body is doing based on how you're feeling about your race once you start to get nervous and everyone gets nervous at a different space in the in the race and you know in the time. Slot, yeah. And so that's a big part of what treatment entails for rowing, uh, any sport, but particularly rowing. I mean, it's spaced out over such a long time. There's pre camp. So there, it's really a long time of training and then maybe thinking about things when it's go time or time in between your first race and your second race. It's, there's just a lot of time. Sometimes too much thinking is not a good thing and, and it's hard on your body. Mm-hmm. This is the important part about our training room. I'll call it ours because it's it's really Deirdre's. She's really the boss. Is that we have a really good rapport, Deirdre and I. Mm -hmm. And so it makes for a good atmosphere. It's a positive Mm -hmm. atmosphere. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. So that's also part of, yeah, the vibe has to be good. And people have said that. And people who are afraid to have PT will often come in and be like, oh, they're ridiculous.
1: Maybe if you can talk a little bit about what your like day-to-day is like here? Cause it's kind of crazy. So there's obviously tons of athletes. There's, I don't even know how many 20 minute slots a day. And you're just like machines going person to person. Like, how do you remember everyone's name? Remember what things are going on with that person? Do you know what I mean? And like for you guys mentally, how like that must? I feel like your job is almost as hard as our jobs. Like it's just mentally so much and physically. I mean, you're physically working on the people.
2: Yeah, I mean we trade off. So one of us is up early on the six thirty bus. That's like our day. Get to the tent. Someone will be managing all the action at the race course. People getting ready to go out in the water feel a little stiff. Something. I mean, hopefully nothing happens. That's bad. We don't want any. PT emergencies. emergencies, right? And then one of us or two of us today stay here at the venue and just work on bodies. And then we trade off and then we go until nine o'clock at night. So yeah, I mean, it is a long day. I think I remember last year in J it was like pouring rain and we were all freezing. And my, crazy. yeah, well, my patients la- were my at my office were like, oh, you... Two of them, when they knew we were going to Prague, like you lead such a glamorous life, I'm like, I have a picture of Alicia lying on the table covered with a yoga mat to stay warm. I'm like this is not glamorous, I mean, which is not to say this is not amazing and fun, but
0: it's yeah. not glamorous it's
2: it's, not, it's, not. it's work, yeah, I mean it's work, and it's amazing and fun, so I don't know, I think it's a good question, I think you just get to know people they are on the table. But you just get to know what side it is or what you've worked on. Sometimes you forget and then you say, remind yeah. me what we're working, yeah, on. working on. What do you want to work on today? And then we trade off. I mean, I think we all have different skills. So we trade off, right? I'll say, can you work on this? And you'll say, why don't you see Georgia for that? Or the a- What I really like is when the athletes know us well, that they know what we each bring. And right. then they go because, to each of us for yeah. different things. And I I really no, like I that. Because we are different, we do different things, and then but you know when what I have you want. Nots in my neck. I go to Alicia, and when my hips are, you really full, need to race control. really well. You yeah. come to me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's all
1: important.
0: No, but and truly, we also understand. I think what each of us does, and Jeff is included in that. Yeah. And so, if you came in and had X issue, I might say, you know what, put yourself on Deirdre's schedule because. Let's have her look at that. Mm -hmm. And and then that happens. That's happened a few times this trip, actually.
2: Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's nice to work with people collaboratively because that's the point. You're not, we're making these jokes, right? But like, we're not the ones out there racing. It's an honor and a privilege to be part of it and to feel like you can contribute to something. You are. But, But we're not, you guys are the ones racing. And the reality is, if we weren't here, you would be great. Like, that is. That's our job, I think, is to both show you that we can bring something to the table, literally, for you. And if you can't see us, if we had to leave, if one of us got sick, quarantine, you'd be great. Like, it can't be that you rely. Does that make sense? Like, you can't rely on us, like, oh, Alicia's not here, Deirdre's not here, Jeff, like, we're screwed. Like, it it can't be like that. So,
1: what is something that you think people would find surprising about your jobs here
2: I would say one thing from since I have a lot of friends who are rowers and I work with a lot of rowers they're like oh you're going to the world champ I we don't get to see any rowing
0: <laughs> right we're,
2: watching, we, it we're watching it on TV right now or on our phones but like I remember going to some World Cup and being trapped in some little massage tent with Mark and like I don't know what happened like what happened oh they they won their heat great like so people think that you're going or like at the Olympics, we all got let out on the last day, yeah. Yeah, you guys were Sunday, and we got to watch the eights. That was we it. The it live. You were like at the Olympics in a little room.
0: So also now you're watching rowing, as you probably know, and you're standing in one spot. So you get to see about, I don't know, a hundred meters of a 2000 meter race, like. One time. You're like,
2: well, that was awesome. the Olympics. So we got to watch rowing. This rowing thing is cool. Actually, in Tokyo, don't you remember the first, I don't know if you remember, the first day the TV wasn't showing the racing. So we used my laptop. We Facetime my house in Berkeley and Liz put the computer up to the TV. And like, that's how we watched from Tokyo. Like the TV in Berkeley on FaceTime to the computer, to the TV in Tokyo. Like, I don't know. At the Olympics, we don't get to see anything. Yeah. If you could
1: work with another professional sport, not us, who would it be? Maybe we'll do like an Olympic sport and maybe also just a professional sport. Because they're kind of different, I'd say. One could make you millions of dollars and the other probably would just be cool.
0: You know, I've never, I don't really know what it would be like to work with a pro team. I did recently get asked to do that and I turned it down. I just didn't want to live in that city, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm the massage therapist, so it's the athletic trainers who are on the field of, for field sport. Like I do sometimes travel with women's national team soccer and I do get to do fun things like go out on the field and shag balls during practice. You cannot overstate that. so cool, but I am not on the field during the game. I do, however, get to watch from a very cool vantage point. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know if, uh, and I've traveled with track and field. That's also cool, but also not on the field. Yeah, so I don't know if mm-hmm. a professional sport really would be different. Um, I think their travel schedules are a little crazier. Yeah, and I'm not sure there's more money in it for a massage therapist. I don't. I don't really think so. Maybe a bit. Not crazy, though. Well, my son would like me to be with the Warriors. I mean, I love baseball
2: as a sport, so there's a part where like I've always dreamed when I got like really old and couldn't work like the San Francisco Giants have little old people sitting on the field <laughs> with their baseball <laughs> gloves, and they like help to like protect the fans from like foul balls. That sounds bad Wait what like a ball girl like a ball I mean, I wanted to be a ball girl so bad for the Yankees, but they didn't have any girls. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like a bat girl, ball girl. Anyway, that wasn't happening for me. So baseball seems fun, but it's a long season. Like if you actually like were to think about the logistics of traveling with a pro team. And then I think, I don't know, I guess knowing rowing and being a rower is really fun because you. I feel like I can contribute to my sessions with people by saying, oh, what about, why don't you use a clam? Do you have a seat pad? Like I know enough about the sport to
0: feel like I can contribute something else. Also, and I think I've heard this from other practitioners who work on pro teams. I don't think the camaraderie is the same. We don't get to know, Mm. like they know the players. There isn't a closeness like there is with rowing. Mm. Like we know you guys really well from either years of being on the table or just the closeness that happens when you have someone on the table. I don't know. I feel like it's Mm. way more personal to be working with rowing. Mm. And that's fantastic. That's maybe the best part.
1: Deirdre, you mentioned your son, um, and I preluded that I was going to ask this question, but do your children, uh, both of you, think that what you do
2: is cool? Uh, yeah, I think Kathleen, my daughter, hi. I think she thinks what, we, what I do is pretty cool. She, you know, follows along and has met some of the athletes. And uh, when she first started rowing, Kara kohler Gave me a whole bunch of gear, like spandex and sports bras and T shirts. So she was super excited about that. Like I told you, James, who's now fifteen, he the nickel just dropped a lot. I mean, I've been traveling since before he was born, so it's just a regular thing that I'm going away on a trip for a couple of weeks. But it sort of hit him that the rowers that I work with, like, wait a second, so you were, not that you just work with rowers, but you work with like the Olympic rowers, right? Like the best in the country rowers. And he's like, yeah. And like, you can figure out like if someone's knee is hurting, like why it's hurting. I'm like, that's the idea. That's what I'm supposed to do. He's like, oh, why couldn't you work for the Warriors? Like, ah. Uh! So I think he's a little disappointed that I happen to work at a high level with athletics, but not with basketball or some other sport that he could sit in the stands with. But yeah, I think they think what I do is pretty
0: cool. I would imagine. Alicia? I don't know. I think my kids must think that it's cool. They've been, um, their dad's an Olympian and, you know, we've been involved with Olympic training centers 30 years. So I think they're a little jaded about, oh, uh, the gold medals are coming for dinner again. Like they just are like, yeah, but no, they actually follow all the athletes <laughs> and they do. And they know so many athletes and I think they love that part of it.
1: Is it? hard that sometimes people will come to you with probably a a more serious mm-hmm. issue that they need like a band-aid do you kind of feel like sometimes you have to just put band-aids on big holes
2: or are you able to follow up with people
1: after like what's that like
2: I think well a little bit of both when we went to the training camp there was an athlete who had an injury he's going to end up coming to CRC so I'm, I know I'm going to see him and I and we had time so I spent about an hour and a half sort of doing what I would do at my office, like a full evaluation.
0: It was fantastic. You're fantastic. Thank There's you. A, it was literally the first time I've seen you do a full eval of, of a rower right. on a trip. Coffee. Thank you. Well,
1: it sort of seems like that's something you should do for all of
2: us. Well, like we do like, evaluate. I mean, I think what happens when you come on the table and we have a 30 minutes. I mean, if someone really got hurt, we would like block off a couple spots. But I guess that's sort of the fun slash challenge is, and it's what I have to do in the training room at Cal. I don't get an hour and a half with people. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain amount of experience you have to get and bodies you have to have worked on. Mm -hmm. And now it's like ER, PTER, like, oh, someone's coming in, their back is hurting, they're racing tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. know, then I have to like look at them and figure out what are the quick three tests I need to do. That are going to give me the most information, and what in my little catalog of treatments are the three treatments that I think will help the most mm-hmm. to get this athlete back out in the water. But obviously, we're not getting x rays, we're not getting MRIs, we're not, none of that's available to us here. Yeah. But that is the fun challenge when someone really has something pop up mm-hmm. versus when I try to be more like Alicia and. Maintain Mm -hmm. bodies. That's what we want to do here. We just want to do little tune ups. We don't really want to have injuries. But a PT here, it is a different job. I'm not, I'm giving some exercise. I'm not like rehabbing things necessarily, giving some exercises to some athletes. I will, but other athletes are going home and they have a PT at home that they're working on. Or I might email them or say,
0: here, bring this to your PT. People associate PT with an injury. And I mean, there's PT for performance, just Mm -hmm. to kind of keep your body always performing at its best for either your sport or whatever you do. I think that's the difference Mm -hmm. that people associate PTs at home with, oh, I had an injury or I had a surgery and now I go to a PT. But this is performance PT, right? This is just keeping warriors on the field of battle.
1: What would you say are some of the most common issues that people come to you with? And maybe to follow that up is like, are there things that you wish
2: all of us would be doing to prevent certain things? Uh, Yeah, Alicia's heard this before. Stiff hips sink ships. I mean, back pain for sure is something that's going to keep people out. Hip pain doesn't really stop you. Like ribs and backs would stop you from racing, right? God forbid. But everything else wouldn't really stop you. So those are the things we want to definitely keep in, you know, high working function. So I would say hips, hip mobility, because if your hips are moving, then you can get to the catch without your back. You're going to get to the catch. You're going to get to full slide. Everyone's getting to full slide. No one's stopping at only half slide only saying, sorry, I'm stiff today. So you're going to get to full slide. The question is, are you getting there from your hips are you getting there from your back slumping? Are you getting there from your shoulders overreaching, which is gonna tweak your ribs? So I would love every single rower listening to this podcast, I'm sure there's thousands, right? Millions. Millions, Millions. to mobilize their hips and have their knee be able to come right to their chest when they're lying on a table without their back rounding and slumping under them.
0: I mean, outside of hips and certainly shoulders, is a lot of forearms oh. and and elbows. And it's something that you overlook because you feel those things in your shoulders when they're dysfunctional. So I wind up doing a lot of elbows and forearms, yeah. Just because that's what you're using Mm
2: -hmm. repeatedly.
0: And those are small muscles, really, in your forearms, typically. So they get tired fast.
1: Okay, I have a serious question, but I'm going to ask another more fun question first. (laughs) Did When you guys first met, what were your initial uh, thoughts of each other? Were
2: you fast friends? We met in 15 in Egg Egbelette. Downstairs, I walked into the room. You were treating and I was assigned yeah, next yeah, to you. No, I was told by Carrie Simmons. And she's like, oh my God, I can't wait for you to meet Alicia. You guys are going to be awesome. So she wore war- it. And then I walked in the room and I think I was in the room for like 90 seconds. And you were, made some like mean comment to me. <laughs> I was like, ah, I see, I see. And, it so, was on. and ever since then, I go to my therapist a lot. Like, am I really that bad? I don't know. This lady I work
0: with is really mean to me.
2: So that's what I was told about Alicia. And it's true. We get along really well.
0: We do right from the, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And that trip was fantastic. We had a really great trip. And so we still try to spend, I mean, we spend all day working next to one another. It's painful. We do st- still um, talk during the year in between trips and yeah I just recently stayed over at your house
2: yeah we went to yeah we went to
0: one of the athletes got married and we went together we were dates it was awesome and we do try to spend time outside of a trip like doing a little bit of sightseeing maybe, or, you know, whatever we might be able to do in the country we're in. I don't know. We were easily fast friends and we get along famously. And we, I just, we were just talking about this the other day that we've never, like, you know, you just generally get annoyed at when you're around somebody a really long time, like a roommate, you know, you love them, but then like, there's always some little, I don't think we've ever had that in the nine years that we know one another I've genuinely never been annoyed at Deirdre. Genuinely,
1: what are some of your favorite uh, trips that you've been on, and you know pl- places that you've gotten to to visit with the rowing team?
0: I mean, Agbelle was our first; it was fantastic. We yeah, had a great was, time. Yeah, oh, it's a beautiful spot, and I don't know if we just got lucky in that we had the opportunity to maybe walk around the the town itself, or the lake itself was beautiful. I don't. Yeah, and we had a nice time, like eating the bread and cheese from the local towns. Yeah, we had a, yeah, that we had was a good. good. Uh, I'm, my favorite place is Lucerne. Mm-hmm. I just love Lucerne. That's just my personal favorite. Right. We always have a good time. I think we always have a good time. I think Egbelat was a f-
2: super fun trip, mm-hmm. just fun. because we were in a little town. And I think that's what we try to do when we go someplace. Mm-hmm. Is when we were in Prague last year. You know, last year we got up at six thirty. Took an Uber at like six thirty AM, went to the town square, saw the castle, walked around, got a cappuccino, and figured out the tram the home man. in the pouring rain, and got on the eight thirty bus. Yeah. And then we're like, Great, we've seen something. So I think we try to see things, well, do something to feel like you get a little bit of a taste of the country and where we are.
1: A little bit of a more serious question, but what would you say you are most proud of in your professional career?
0: I think uh, the thing that I would be most proud of is not the number of people that whose bodies were fixed, but who found some like emotional peace with their bodies during treatment. Yeah. Because that's just, uh, I mean, it's a little more important, but that they somehow made the emotional and physical connections to grow. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It's really the only reason to do this job. So yeah, it's amazing. Well, I'm going
2: to go back to like my thing that I talked about standing on the bridge, Mass Ave Bridge of like, Mm -hmm. there's like a couple of injuries that I can think about of like, oh God, I hope we can get this athlete going. And then we did, or, you know, collectively, because it's not just me, it's me with the doctors, with coaches, with you, with Jeff, you know, with whoever's with us. But feeling like you had a part in an injury and resolving it and figuring out the right thing to do in the three or four days you had to do it. But I think just overall... Like a measure of success for my job might be making a lot of money. It might be having a practice, having five practices, having 20 employees. And I think for me, my, like, my personal like measure, if it's the night before the Olympic final or your Olympic semifinal, do you feel comfortable having me work on you? Like, do you trust me? Do you, right? Like that's the honor of like, I feel like I'm in good hands and That's to me means that I'm doing a good job, makes my career worth it.
0: Don't you feel like you actually were able, I mean, not that gold medals are, they are a gold standard, but I mean, if you can get athletes to perform at their very best and then they medal, like that's, how many gold medals you have under your belt? Like a bunch. Yeah. I mean, that's magic. Of course. Like when somebody wins a
2: medal and hands it to you and is like, here, hold this here, you put it on, take a picture.
0: I have this or I can race today because of you. That's pretty amazing. Yeah,
2: it is. But we, I mean, it's so freaking hard. It's hard to get here. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to qualify. It's hard to go to the Olympics. It's hard to get a medal. Like it's harder and harder and harder, but the, the fact that like you trust us to come in and if it's me on the, if it's me working, if it's you working, if it's Jeff working, some, you know, if somebody else is here that you feel safe and comfortable and like, okay, this person's going to help me be ready to go, then that's great. I always feel like my job's done like when it comes to trials, like at CRC or great. All the athletes were 100% and they were able to compete. That's my that's job. Big, yeah. and it's your job to go do it. <laughs> but did, like it, it, the it, fact did, it, that yeah. like... I played some part in like helping you like get to the starting line and sit at the blocks. Great. Then that's rewarding.
1: Thank you guys so much. I feel like this was really good. It was
2: funny, but you had some good
1: things to say. Yeah. A lot of good things. Is there anything else? Is Is there anything else that nice. you want to share that you didn't, that I didn't ask you about? Any questions for me?
0: Ooh, that's, no, that's I also a good question. She's really to good at this. And now, wow. Do you have any questions for you? You have a. Do you have, fun you have a future in this? Yeah. Do you like doing this? Not podcasting. I PT? Rowing? Do PT, I like being a... Rowing, a podcasting, <laughs> and questions that are cranky.
1: I actually do like it. I I feel like it's been really fun to do the podcast. It's been a very different thing. I'm not one to usually talk about rowing. If you were to ask my family, I'm like a closed mm-hmm. book. I don't want to talk about it.
0: Um, I do have a question for you. Do you find, or how do you find PT and massage useful in your career during big competitions?
1: I'll try to say this really quickly so that we can get to Claire's PT appointment. But I had like shoulder surgery and hip surgery. So I feel like my relationship with physical therapy was one of necessity and like marked a bit of like, I don't know, failure or like my body's inability to do this sport or sports in general. So I think coming from that, I really saw it as like, not a luxury, like, not like, oh, I see my PT twice a week. And it's more of like what you were saying, this emotional thing, you know, it just keeps my body, but like, I needed it. Like I needed to be on the table my body wasn't working properly. So then I think I saw it as like a red X, like something's wrong with you Mm -hmm. if you need PT. So it's been a little while of like reworking myself into a place of, okay, no, it's helpful. And it's a performance. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you can't go and perform. It's all collaborative. It's all part of the process. And part of that is being on the senior team, being a funded athlete and having access to like you guys at the training centers, different places, and that it's not on your insurance. You only have 15 PT visits a year, and when are you going to use them? And you have no massage or chiropractic, so it's out of your pocket, and you have all these other bills. You know, there's a lot of things that come into it, but I'd say you guys have played a role in helping me mend my relationship with therapeutic services. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank,
2: thank you, thank for, you. Having for having us on the podcast. We feel like very it. special. We
1: do. I feel special.
2: We feel special. It's a love fest.
1: All right, cool. Okay, okay bye. I hope that. Everyone enjoyed that and learned as much as I did from them. And before we close the show, I just want to share a quote of the week. And this week, I have one that comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside you. So I hope everyone has a great week. And thanks for listening. See you next week. I'd love to hear from you. So send us a topic suggestion or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theotherthreeyears.com.